0: Good morning, and happy Friday. It's almost a three-day weekend, Michaela Gordon, but we have a great show ahead of us. First, uh, find out how you can support our trans community uh, from the comfort of your own home in about 13 minutes. And then next hour, it's Red, White, and Q. We're joined by Press Secretary for Equality Florida, uh, talking about this new woke bill uh, in Florida and how it's going to affect our elderly community. My mom, I'm not calling you elderly mom, don't hear that right now, but my mom lives... uh, down in Florida, part of the year, okay. as most of her friends do, you retire and head to Florida. That's what you do in the Midwest. Yes. Um, what sort of impact could this have on those living in Florida year-round or even uh, part of the year? Uh, we're having that conversation in our second hour today for Red, White, and Q, so make sure you stick around for that. Also, our hottie astrologist, Marcus Barrington, uh, He we call him the hottie astrologist. He's gorgeous. Look yes. him up on Instagram. Uh, he's joining us today uh, to talk about... Deciding friendships based on Zodiac signs. Uh, So somebody did this recently online. Who was it, Michaela?
1: Uh, Cardi B. Cardi B B
0: it was. Yeah, she was on Twitter, right? And she was talking about, she's like, I only choose my friends based on their Zodiac signs. Is that crazy or is it something we should consider? Listen,
1: I'm not going to say anything. I will just say the experience I've had with every single Gemini I've ever met in my entire life has been the same. Which would be? Ended. (laughs) <laughs>
0: and uh, your your girlfriend of multiple, multiple years has the same birthday as... My best friend. Your best friend, AJ Gibson. Okay, but let so me tell that. you,
1: this is crazy, okay? So my mom, Sky, her birthday is the 16th, my grandma is the 18th, and you and Lisa are July 20th. Wow. Literally, every most important person in my life are one to two days apart. I will rep for Cancers for the rest of my life. And I'm a Capricorn. So I'll beat people up for you, too.
0: I have no, I I would have guessed that. I didn't need oh. to know your Zodiac to know that part. So. <laughs> That's just the toxic
1: Italian in me. I love um, it. Don't want to brag.
0: No, we rebuke that in 2022. Yeah, we do. Uh, but for right so now, hard. it is time for news on the beat. And you would beat somebody up for me. I apologize that I sound like a frog today. Um... But here we are. It's
1: allergy season.
0: It is. I've been I've been blowing my nose all morning long.
1: Yeah, I know. We're getting we're coming out of like winter into spring, and although Jasmine is so beautiful to walk past, mm. Lord, she'll tickle your nose.
0: Well, it's funny you say spring because here in California, it's like yeah, it's springtime now. Oh, I know. It's mid February. Everywhere well, else is like buried in snow.
1: Somebody said, and then I'll get into the news. Uh, somebody that I follow was like, okay, yeah, we're taking our kids on winter break, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it was 88 degrees here the other day. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. (laughs) All right, coming up uh, in news this morning, LGBTQ plus representation on scripted television shows has grown notably over the last year, according to a recent report by the media advocacy group GLAAD. As LGBTQ plus people on and off screen drive ratings higher of the 775 series regulars on scripted broadcast primetime programming, 92 or 11.9% identify as LGBTQ plus. According to the group's annual Where We Are on TV report, in a first, lesbian characters represented the majority of LGBTQ characters on broadcast television at 40%. That's an increase of 22 characters and six percentage points from a year earlier. Lesbian characters also led LGBTQ representation on cable for the first time in 15 years, which GLAAD president and CEO Sarah Kate Ellis said was likely tied to the return of Showtime's The L Word Generation Q. Overall, the number of LGBTQ plus regular characters on cable programming increased slightly to 87 from 81 the year prior, while the number of LGBTQ plus recurring characters grew significantly from 37 to 51. All right, another news the Iowa Senate Education Committee passed a bill Thursday which would restrict transgender women and girls from playing on school sports teams that match their gender identity. The Senate version is a companion uh, which allows any student who alleges direct or indirect harm as a result of a violation of the bill's requirement to sue a school district, private school, or high school athletic association if trans girls are not banned from girls' sports. Both versions carry similar language. State Representative uh, Mary Masker of Iowa City forcefully told the subcommittee of the Iowa House Education Committee, which passed the House version last week, I'm adamantly opposed to this bill because I think it is state-sanctioned bullying. And I couldn't agree more. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 63 in New York, 75 in L.A., 70 in Vegas, 79 in Palm Springs, and 80 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day.
0: Reach for the moon and you might just catch a star. You're a star, baby.
1: You're a star, baby. All right, coming up, everyone deserves a home-cooked meal, and this organization is helping feed our black trans brothers and sisters. Find out how you can
2: help coming up in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
0: Welcome back to The Morning Beat as we continue honoring Black History Month. It's so important to highlight uh, black organizations that are doing the work for our community. And one of those is the Okra Project. And here to to tell us about the Okra Project and how you can get involved is Dominique Morgan. Uh, She's an award-winning artist, activist, and TEDx speaker, also Mm -hmm. the executive director uh, for the Okra Project. Dominique, thank you for being here. The Okra Project is special. Why?
3: The Okra Project is special. Um, One, it's one of the largest organizations in the country serving our community, founded by someone from our community, the incredible Ian Field-Stewart. And more than anything, we're on the ground. We're Mm -hmm. on the front lines, and we have this great approach where we are implementing community voice to create immediate action, and we are seeing results from the work that we're be, we've been able to do over the last three years.
1: Something that the Okra Project is doing uh, is bringing home-cooked healthy and culturally specific meals and resources to Black trans people, and I think that we talk about this a lot on our morning show. You know, Black trans women really are killed Uh, You know, uh, over 150 black trans women were killed last year. So you don't even start to think, like, are they eating and are they eating well? Everybody deserves proper nourishment. So for people listening, if they want to help the Ochre Project continue doing these things, what are some things that our listeners can do?
3: Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. I think it's really important to state that. Historically, when we haven't had the support of a safe space to live, food that is nourishing not only to our bodies, but our minds and our spirits, community care and love that we're positioned to be impacted by the systems that are taking our lives. So there are ways that we can dismantle that experience. And the first thing you can do is if you have black trans folks, black trans women who are in your world, in your community, love on them, reach out to them check on them, make sure that they understand that they're loved and cared about. Um, Absolutely go to theocreproject.com and come look at our work. Come see the initiatives that we have going on. We're about to launch our therapy program where we're going to offer therapy at no cost to black trans people all across the country. And then look at other organizations that are in your area, whether it's House of Tulip with Mariah Moore or the Transgender District in San Francisco. There's incredible work happening for black trans people all across the country. We're just underfunded and underrepresented. So those are three great ways to show up for your people.
0: I, I, I love that. And I love It's super, super important to you know talk about those numbers, the tragic numbers of lives lost. But it's also super important, I think, on the other hand, uh, to 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 remind listeners, or sometimes let listeners know for the first time that listen, trans women, trans women of color are also beautiful and vibrant and living their fullest lives. What are some of the blessings that you've received just out of working in on this project and working within your community?
3: I for me, I, I turned forty on March nineteenth. Mm. Um, and when you look at the data, also today, thirteen years ago today, I walked out of prison after wow. 10 years. Right? Congratulations, Mike.
0: Congratulations. Uh, uh, I mean, so, that's that's worth commending.
3: Thank you so much. But a young person who grew up in the system to have been able to get a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, to have been able to have the access I've been able to have, it's been about community caring and seeing me as someone who deserves love and care. And it's not that we should have to earn it. Everyone deserves love and care, right? Um, and, and so that's what I've seen is that I've had the chance to work hard to build my best life. And I believe that if we do that work for everyone, they will have the same opportunities. And so I, I, all the people who love and care about me and who amplify my story and all those things, do that for the black trans folks in your life. Mm. Do that for the people whose stories may not be perfect, but their stories are still happening. And as long as their story is still happening, the ending is still undecided.
1: Uh, We're joined with Dominique Morgan, Executive Director, um, and discussing the Okra Project. Now, you mentioned that 13 years ago you walked out of prison. Uh, From stories that we've reported, black trans women are completely unsafe in prison, but also not nourished the food there that we have been able to see just even on television doesn't look good it's not healthy at all as we know it's so important for your brain your heart your liver to be nourished uh, which is why we go back to the okra project is that one of the reasons uh, that inspired you to make sure that our trans brothers and sisters are eating well because we're not nourished in america
3: absolutely our trans siblings and and people, especially when we look at mass incarceration or even people who are being impacted by homelessness, we're like, oh, take whatever you can get. But we all know the better we eat, the better we function, right? If you if all you ate were donuts all day because that's what you had, could you think well? Could you navigate? Think, would your body be able to process that? So we want people to have things that are not only nutritious for them, but also folks who are living with HIV and AIDS inside of these facilities. They need a certain level of nutrition if you're on hormones, if you had surgeries, we know what it takes for your body to bounce back. And it's all about what you put in your body. So this isn't about putting people in a country club. This is about saying, we want people to get healthy, And also, let me just name that most people who are incarcerated are adolescents, meaning they are between the age of 15 to 24. Mm -hmm. Their brains and bodies are still growing. So if you have a 21-year-old black trans woman, which is what I was in 2002 inside of a prison, and I'm eating burritos and donuts and ramen all day, Mm -hmm. you ask, how are we really making sure that these people can become their best selves?
0: Dominique, you are so incredible. I just—I also want to point out—I'm on the website right now. Once again, the okraproject.com If you want to find ways you can support, uh, head over there right now. Um, that I, and I didn't know this, and I feel bad that I didn't know this. But but okra was basically brought here from Africa as 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 you know, your African ancestors were being enslaved and brought to the Americas and brought to other regions uh, to to work as slaves. Okra was snuck onto many of those ships uh, to sustain those Africans and, and, and then planted here in the United States, which is why there's such a, a deep love for okra in the South. So I just wanted to call that out because I think words matter and stories matter and heritage and history really matters. So just the fact that you, you're called the Okra Project, I just think is so beautiful and I wanted to commend that.
3: Thank you so much, AJ. Mm.
1: Dominique Morgan, you're welcome on this show anytime. Executive Director of both Black and Pink National and the okra project for more information go to www.theokraproject.com listen in the pandemic i eat Cheez it's and ramen every day and i had the privilege to say oh i don't feel good anymore and have a green juice we all know how it feels to not feel nourished and when it's time to quit so please head over to the okraproject.com to help our black trans people thank you again dominique
3: thank you all so much
0: have a great day
1: you, you too, too.
2: The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, Channel Q.
0: All right, so there's this video that has gone viral on TikTok of a group of pigs in a farm clustered in a corner like cuddling. Uh, just imagine uh, a bunch of newborn puppies after a mom has a litter, right? And and how they all kind of cuddle up to stay warm and they're they're cozy and they love each other and they're family, right? But think of that, but pigs instead.
1: Oh, honey.
0: And this woman, you just hear this voice, you know, probably behind the phone, off, off camera. And she goes, sweeties, I, you're loved. You're perfect. And she starts saying these things to them in a high-pitched voice, like you would talk to a dog or a baby. Yeah. And every single time she says something encouraging to them, all of their ears flap. Wiggle! It's the cutest thing. It's like a dog. Like a dog, kind of like, you know when a dog gets excited and they tilt their head at you? Yeah. It starts wagging their tail? Yeah. It's exactly what this is.
1: Well, this- so,
0: But it's bringing up some questions. Okay, like you and I love us some bacon.
1: Love. Oh my God, I had that. Everybody in this
0: room loves bacon, right? Love. None of us are vegetarians or vegan, but do things like this, seeing something like this, does it make you reconsider your eating choices? And at the very least, uh, should it make us reconsider uh, a more ethical approach to how we raise animals, whether or not they're going to get slaughtered and sent to the grocery store or not? Should we be more aware of how we treat them while they are alive?
1: Well, first and foremost, I mean, the way that they treat animals in general is completely unethical. I saw another video where they shoved these pigs into a bus. And the thing is, pigs are actually brilliant. Like, they're one of the smartest. Mm. And um, and cows are actually a lot were, smarter
0: than people think, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But in this story, the pigs were all shoved in this bus mm. and there was this woman trying to like help them escape, and, and it was somebody from a, an organization that obviously was vegan, but the pigs were crying, mm-hmm. and they could you they had tears in their eyes, and she was saying, look at them, they have feelings, like they they know what's going on, and I remember I couldn't eat bacon after that for a hot minute, but there's also videos that have gone viral on TikTok that show what they feed these animals, and it's literally waste. Like if you don't care enough about the animals, care enough about your yourself, the food and waste that they give these animals. Because we're going to eat
0: that. It comes into our bodies.
1: And the way that they traumatize Mm. them because they want to juicing up the meat the things that they put them through is so um like even with chickens they'll just shove these steroids in them they're so fat they're obese they Some, can't stand. sometimes they pop they're, because they're... they're so filled okay, that's a true is, story that's intense that's it's a, true i saw a video
0: but but i i remember watching food inc years ago and then having a really hard time eating meat afterwards for a while and i still am i eat much less meat than i used to I grew up in a farm town in Ohio, and everything, every single meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner was meat, and, like some sort of meat and starch, meat and potatoes, that sort of diet, right? Right. And I still I listen. I love, I love a steak every now and then, but I don't have them very often. I could eat bacon every day of my life, though. So this was hard for me. But according to the World Animal Protection, there is. Been a push globally, uh, especially here in the United States, for more ethical approaches towards farming. Because to your point, like we know more about animals now. You know what I mean? They they do understand what is going on, uh, and they the World Health uh, World Animal Protection reported that farm animals raised humanely are healthier and can live longer, uh, and it's actually um, better for the environment. Treating them better and and feeding them better creates less uh, greenhouse gas emissions and actually makes the environment better, too. So it's a win-win situation for everybody as opposed to feeding them, like, corn, which is what they feed cows a lot.
1: Well, if you're using it—look, if we're going to have the argument that, like, we use these animals to nourish us and our loved ones— why do you have to treat them so heinously? Well, you made a really
0: good point off off air when we were talking about this. I want you to share it again. Why we why do you think we treat them so terribly? Oh,
1: well, I think that we treat them so terribly because we feel so guilty about eating them that the meaner we are to them, the easier it is to just uh be able to make them like a factory animal well, so that you can m- distribute them and make money off of it's them. It's no
0: different than and this is uh, this is a jump right now, but it's no different than like President Trump referring to Mexicans as murders and rapists or or using Certain words uh, to describe black people. Yeah,
1: if you criminalize them yes. or if you create a distance between if them,
0: you, if th- you call them thugs all the time, it's easier to incarcerate them, yeah, it's right? Less, it's mentally- you're less
1: empathetic. Yes, because if you treated these animals the way that they should be treated, you would find that you have feelings for them, and it would be more difficult to do your job.
0: Well, and many cultures do treat them better. Yeah. Like, like the native cultures here in the United States, like honored. They would like, if you would go like hunt like a bison, for example, and I, I get most of my information on native culture from the film Dances with Wolves um, to oh be full God. transparency. But, but they would they would use every bit of that bison. They would use the fur for for leathers and, and, and for to they, stay warm. They
1: do spiritual And they
0: would honor them. Yeah, yeah. They do
1: like spiritual even in Hawaiian culture when they go to eat the pig, they um mm-hmm. I did this thing years ago. I was a part of the television show where they Was it called it the Luau? Pig, uh, yes, but it, it <laughs> yeah, was, they put the pig underground yeah. and left the, the pig there for a couple of days and that's how the pig was cooked. I didn't even know you could do that. That is a luau. And then the way that they honored yeah. it. Yeah, but i never a been, ceremony. But the way that they like honored the pig and thanked the pig for providing mm-hmm. the meal for their loved they ones. wrap it in
0: banana leaves and cover it in yeah. yeah.
1: It's like beautiful. Like that's a really great way to like honor and be well, grateful th- for food and I life. think it
0: helps us stay connected to... To our humanity, to yeah. nature, to what the world actually is, to the actual circle of life. Remember Lion King? That's actually a real thing. Uh, so I, it's, listen, TikTok's a funny one, but every now and then somebody gets it really, really right. And this video just makes me rethink, you know, and if nothing else, that doesn't mean you necessarily need to go vegetarian or go vegan, but maybe, maybe look for, um, Places that are more ethical, that are more humane, that raise their livestock a different way, and put your money there.
1: And there's a lot of places now, yep. especially in 2022, that It is a little bit more expensive, maybe, but it's worth it because you also need to be careful what you're putting in your body. Maybe
0: eat bacon one less day a month and spend the little extra money to have it come from a different place. Also,
1: fake bacon is kind of a vibe.
0: Okay, that's insane.
1: I did. I so. tried it before. I burnt it like it was on fire, but it still was good after it was burnt. So. Good Morning Beat, Channel Q.
0: That was Overpassed by Ed Sheeran. I love that song. I
1: love that song. We
0: listen to it all the time, and I didn't quite know it was Ed Sheeran until I asked our producer a moment ago, but it's a good one.
1: Yeah, it really is. You know, a friend of mine, I was in the studio yesterday with our good friend, Brandon, and-
0: Writing a new song for your album?
1: Yes, <laughs> and it's so good. But he said, um, oh, you know, I saw Katy Perry live last week, and I forgot how many bops she had before the pandemic. And he said, I think there's going to be a new wave of all these artists that had these major bops before the pandemic finally being able to come out and perform them. Because think about that. Everybody's going
0: to go on tour at the same time because they've been holding off for so long. And all I need is more Normani.
1: Oh my Remember Normani God! Normani was about Normani to take over the 05. world, and then the pandemic
0: happened, and then she kind of put it on pause. Mm-hmm. And here to unpause.
1: Yep, unpause. Like, I need
0: you to also uh, unpause and uh, shift gears right now because it's time for our first "What's Popping" of the day. What do you got for us? All
1: right, Babel. Well, Elliot Page is working on a memoir in which he will write about everything from his Oscar-nominated film career to being a prominent transgender person. Uh, it's set to release next year, and it will go by the name Page Boy. Now, the memoir will delve into Paige's relationship with his body, his experiences, as one of the most famous trans people in the world, and will cover mental health, assault, love, relationships, sex, and the cesspool that that Hollywood can be. Now, uh... He is 34 years old. He's currently starring in the Netflix series The Umbrella Academy. Season 3 will premiere sometime in 2022.
0: I can't wait. It's one of my favorite shows. It's so good.
1: But I'm really excited to hear what he has to say because I'll be honest with you. When they were um when they were Ellen and they started in Juno, I remember I had such a crush on Ellen the woman and um, never thinking that at any point later on in life they would transition and I'm really interested to know how that went for him Uh, I mean Truly, in a Me Too movement, what did he experience? Did he experience anything? Uh, Did it matter because he had more masculine energy that we didn't know about? Like, I want to know everything.
0: On a more shallow note, I'm kind of curious to see how they handle the character in Umbrella Academy because initially, initially the reports were that the character was going to stay the same, which was a cis female. And I'm curious to know if Elliot is actually going to then... Play a cis female on this show, mm. or they're going to address it and Elliot will play himself as a male. Curious. I just don't know how that's going to play out. And also, if you transition and you're in the middle of a role that's a multi season arc and you go back into that role, is there some trauma attached to that? Is there some emotion attached to that? Like, what does that look like?
1: Absolutely. So
0: fascinating. I, just, I love Elliot. I think he's fantastic.
1: It's so fantastic. I love it and too. And he's kind
0: of like a little hottie. Like the little body body, like the little abs and stuff. Looks good.
1: Absolutely. All right, coming up in our next hour, Florida is at it again. They're trying uh, to kill all of these anti-woke bills when it comes to our LGBTQ uh, plus, uh, diversity. But now they're going after elder care. Nobody
2: goes after old people, Ron DeSantis. Nobody. Nobody. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
0: Coming up this hour on the show, it's Red, White & Q with a press secretary from Equality California, So or Equality Florida, so so much, sorry, I'm so used to saying California. I know,
1: I know, it's time to grab hate.
0: Um, but from Equality Florida, uh, because there's a lot going on down there, obviously they don't say gay bill, and now there's this new woke bill they're calling, uh, Ron DeSantis is, is, is going to war with the woke culture. And what that could mean for our elderly community, our seniors, uh, is pretty terrifying stuff. So we're having a conversation this hour about just that. Then also in our next hour, we're going to be joined by Marcus Barrington, our hottie astrologist. And, uh,
1: whoa. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh.
0: Am I allergic to Marcus? Yep. wait. Wait. <laughs> Oh my God, this has never
1: happened. Plug your nose. Oh
0: my gosh, I almost sneezed. I've never sneezed on air before. Well, guess what everyone? I'm a human and this is live and it's not pre-recorded. So and you literally did
1: last week and then we laughed about it. Shut
0: your face right now. <laughs> but Marcus Barrington is going to join us in the next hour to talk about making <laughs> friends and deciding your friend group, your inner circle based on Zodiac signs. Cardi B does it. Works for her apparently. Uh, is it something we should be doing? Maybe. I have no idea what your sign is. You're a Capricorn. Yes, you, say you it do. Well, only because you say it all the time.
1: I never say it
0: you said it like last hour
1: I never say it you and it you should remember hour. this because you're the mother of the astrology chart and I'm the father
0: I don't know what that even means so maybe means I'll get I'm some your answers from Marcus Barrington <laughs> later on this hour uh, right now it's time for news on the beat what's going on
1: okay the Virginia House of Delicates passed a religious wait, exemptions wait, wait, wait. Bill-
0: when you say delicates it makes me so happy you did it again what is it delegates you say delicates as if they're like pants oh like they're delicate they uh, on panties
1: I know, I love them. I'm thinking about Savage X Fenty right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking about the delegates in Savage X Fenty to make this worthy for me. They passed a religious exemptions bill in a 54 45 vote. While religious businesses and nonprofits have to follow numerous laws and regulations, the bill only allows them to claim a religious exemption to the state's anti discrimination law and says any religious corporation, association, or society in the state can refuse to provide housing to people if they say that doing so would violate their religious principles. Under current Virginia law, even religious nonprofits and businesses have to follow the state's anti discrimination law, which bans discrimination on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, elderliness, fam- familial status, sexual orientation, gender identity, military status, and disability. Now, the bill is not expected to pass the state Senate because it's still narrowly controlled by Democrats who have promised to reject all anti-LGBTQ legislation, the right to refuse to sell houses or rent apartments to LGBTQ people or to refuse LGBTQ people from homeless shelters has been one of the major focuses of the movement for religious exemptions. I want to say, insane. forget everything else. If there Ugh. is a human being who does not have shelter and the weather is cold, it's hot, they don't have shoes, they don't have water, they don't have food, Uh huh jesus uh-huh, literally fed the lepers mary Wait, magdalene oh, according to the book that's, not even, you where, live your life that's by. not even where i
0: was going did it they seek shelter in a manger to have baby jesus isn't that how his whole origin story started yes why is it the republican party that is trying to go out of their way the cis straightness me, of it all the privilege is so insane to me
1: but you're going to tell me that these people that run this shelter let's say the, 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 the three wise men right Wiseman even brought them brought gifts. These people who live their whole life based off of a book that doesn't even have the whole story in it because those scriptures are underneath the church uh, in Italy, which I truly believe. Uh, well, there's so many say, books that are not in the Bible. We right, but they're yeah. like buried, Yeah, and right? the
0: ones that are there are all written by by guys, by, by assumingly straight men.
1: Yeah, right? you're going to say, no, you're gay, but you're homeless and you can't come in here for it's shelter. Insane. It's the most ungodly thing I've ever heard. It's just hateful. And so gross so they've been
0: waiting to get control of congress and, and that state to flip back over to republicans so they can start doing these things this is what the republican party's doing yeah the, in, in the state of florida and the state of tennessee and other places across the country their big big goal for their constituents is to make it illegal for teachers to, and people to say gay in the schools like this is the kind of stuff they're doing this they're is groundbreaking the news they're trying to books out of libraries it's just this is handmaid's tale stuff like, this is crazy, crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, I And
0: agree. And I'm not saying the Democrats are the best people in the entire world, but they're the only ones fighting for us right now. That's it. Without the Democratic Party, our rights are zero.
1: Totally. Zero. Totally. Uh, all right, in other news, uh, companies such as Comcast, uh, AT&T, and Walgreens All purport to be supportive of LGBTQ plus people, but they and other pro-LGBTQ plus businesses have donated to Florida politicians who are backing the state's notorious Don't Say Gay bill. The new website Popular Information reviewed campaign contributions from 2020 onward to the bill's sponsors in the Florida House and Senate, the senators who voted for the bill in committee, and Governor Ron DeSantis, who is not officially committed to signing it into law, but has indicated support for it. House and Senate committees have both approved their versions of the bill, and each version awaits action by the full House and Senate. The chief Senate sponsor, Republican Dennis Backley, has a history of anti-LGBTQ+ rhetoric and actions. Backley has received campaign donations from companies that claim to be pro-LGBTQ+ and have high or even perfect scores on the Human Rights Campaign's Corporate Equality Index. Since 2020, he has gotten contributions of $1,000 each from Comcast and NBC Universal, and $500 from AT&T, Comcast, NBC Universal, Duke Energy. AT&T and Walgreens have donated to other legislators who voted for the measure in committee.
0: This is how messed up the whole system is, right? All of these corporations that do, they spend unknown, like so much money saying they support our community during Pride Month and throughout the year and they do these initiatives and they do representation, but then they're like donating money to the other side at the same time. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I don't even know if, if they're such large corporations, I don't know who's in charge of this who's not catching this if it's a single individual like what's actually going on but it's so messed up absolutely it's why people get so discouraged by politics in America
1: yeah 100%. All right, let's get into weather. A high of 75 in LA, 68 in Vegas, 79 in Palm Springs, 59 in Houston, 41 in Kansas City, and 80 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day.
0: Shoot for the moon and you might just catch a star.
1: I know that's right. All right, well, coming up, Ron DeSantis is at it again, and we're joined by press secretary for Equality Florida. Why he's going after elderly care. No one comes for old people. Not even old Ron DeSantis.
2: Good
0: morning, B. Channel Q. It's time for another round of red, white, and Q, and all eyes are on Florida once again. You know they just uh, are in the process of uh, sort of igniting this this controversy across the country of these these don't say gay bills, right? You know, I see Tennessee. We just talked about the other day is now replicating what's been done in Florida, and now uh, they're taking it a step further. Uh, and this is being called sort of the anti-woke bill is what people are calling this right now. And it could affect our elderly community uh, and training and things of that nature. So we're joined now by the Press Secretary for Equality Florida, Brandon Wolf. Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I think. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think a concern that a lot of us have is this question of woke culture. And is woke culture actually uh, killing progress in America, what are your thoughts on that? And then we'd like to go into in depth on what's going on in Florida right now.
4: Well, I would caution us to first of all, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's great to join you. Um, I would caution us because when we start talking about, quote, woke culture, um, we are regurgitating the the rhetoric of folks like Governor Ron DeSantis the, the Stop Woke Act, as it is written, essentially tries to block us from having honest conversations about what is racism, what is discrimination, um, what is bias in the workplace or in the classroom, um, and even goes so far as to say, you know, what is uh, what is sexual harassment and where does it come from? So I, I would challenge only to say that, you know, if we consider a culture where we see each other, we recognize each other's differences, we value one another, and we treat each other with respect as a, quote, woke culture, then I I have a difficult time seeing how that would hold us back from progress instead of propelling us toward a future where everyone belongs.
1: Well, speaking of everyone belonging, something that's extremely disheartening is a company called Sage that provides competency training for elder care providers. And when I read into it more, really all it is is training a... Staff to be able to um, use words to our our queer uh, elderly community, because you have to think about this, like LGBTQ elders suffer probably a lot of PTSD, similarly to, you know, the Holocaust, when it came to like the AIDS pandemic, having to hide who you were watching people die as they're getting older. You're now dealing with Alzheimer's you're dealing with, uh, even just the regular things like bullying. And so, To just train, to have a a facility to train these nurses so they can have just normal, good conversations with people that are getting ready to die seems not only cruel, but completely like off basis. It's it's just an awful thing to do to somebody.
5: Yeah,
4: I appreciate you laying it out like that because that's what's at stake right now. So the, the Stop Woke Act, as it's written for folks who are tuning in, um, would essentially say it flips the Florida Civil Rights Act on its head. And it says, if you're put through a training, um, a, a cultural competency training to help you care for someone who may be different from you, and you're made in any way to feel guilty or uncomfortable during that training, that you can actually sue your employer um, under the Florida Civil Rights Act. Uh, so that, that question becomes, you know, let's say Sage comes in and does a a cultural competency training so that nurses and and staff are prepared to care for LGBTQ um, folks who are living in these facilities. If someone says, I went through that training and as a a heterosexual person, I now feel uncomfortable um, because, you know, because of something that I heard in the training or I feel guilty for how LGBTQ people have been treated in the past, they could then sue their employer. And the impact will be That trainings like the ones that Sage provides will be pulled from facilities, from companies around the state of Florida, from classroom environments, from state and local agencies, because these employers will not want to risk. Uh, potential legal liability.
0: If you're just now joining us, we're talking to Brandon Wolf, Press Secretary for Equality Florida. Now, Brandon, uh, let me first and foremost say that I am as blue-blooded liberal as you can imagine. I, I, I believe in equality for every single person, always and in always, right? And we're so appreciative of what you do at Equality California or equality Florida as well as Equality California and across the state, you know, your different branches. I guess, I guess my concern is I'm seeing time and time again, Listen, I I get it. When they go low, we go high. Sure, that's great in theory. But the Republican Party plays dirty. And for average Americans, I'm from Ohio, and my family asks me questions sometimes. They're very progressive, but they still ask questions and they're not aware of what's going on in Florida. My mom lives in Florida half the year. She has no idea what's going on in Florida. And it feels like on the messaging, the Republican Party just keeps clobbering us. Now, I don't think that that woke culture is 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 the thing that's killing the progressive movement but maybe it's our messaging maybe it's the way that we approach this and we can say all day long like yeah well we need to be more em- empathetic and sympathetic and all these other things and that is fantastic and that is the goal but is it possible there's another way to get there that can kind of win that argument because it feels like the Democratic Party is dying in in large chunks of rural America right now, my home included. My home state of Ohio voted for Obama twice, and 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 Donald Trump won that state, and 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 Joe Biden lost it. So, is there another approach? Is there a way to get to the end point, the goal that we all want as progressives, as opposed to like dying on this hill of fighting this woke sort of battle all the time?
4: Well, I, I appreciate the question, and I think. Um the short answer is, yeah, there are there are things that we need to be doing differently in order to move the country forward. Um, and I also think that there's a world where we're able to accomplish all of this stuff at the same time. Right. Mm. Um, I, I live in the state of Florida, as you mentioned. Republicans virtually have a supermajority in the state legislature. They've held on to the governor's mansion for something like 20 or 25 years. And yet we are fighting these culture wars. And yeah. it's not that it's, you know, progressives in Tallahassee that are trying to push forward a quote woke movement. It's that the Republican party in Florida has determined that they don't have any real policy chops to put forward. Mm. And the only way to rev up their base is to continue to uh, drive folks to outrage around culture war issues. So I think we have to wrestle back the narrative about what we're gonna provide for people in this country, the kind of future that we want for everyone, whether you're in rural America or urban America, and I do think, to your point, our messaging has to push back fiercely on this idea that everybody should have the opportunity to thrive makes us somehow woke. Mm. That is that's been hijacked by the Republican Party. And we have a responsibility to push back and say,
0: I'm clapping for you, no. by the way. No, <laughs> well, thank you for thank that. You. I, I appreciate that.
1: Brandon, I want to ask you. I'm just going to say it the only way I know how, because I don't really like, know the, all the political jargon. OK, like the other day, my quote. girlfriend called me a selfish yeah. rat and I was like, no, I'm not. I was so mad, right? And then I got into my car and I was super mad at her and I was like, I'm not, I'm iconic. And then (laughs) with therapy, I was like, okay, let me dissect this. (laughs) Then I looked at the situation. I was like, you know what? I was acting like a selfish brat and I'm really uncomfortable, but let me look at some tools that can help me sort of navigate not making her feel that way. Was I uncomfortable? 100%. But was it needed? 100%. And I think it's so funny that people like Ron DeSantis call the Democratic Party snowflakes, but when they feel at any ounce uncomfortable, They want to say, oh, no, no, I I can't do that. Let's not talk about racism. Let's not talk about homosexuality. Let's not talk about trans No, no, they're taking away America as we know it. America was a racist place, and it was founded off of racism. How do you tell people like Ron DeSantis without telling them, like, F you, but saying it in a smart way? Like, you're really one to talk because it seems like when the conversations get uncomfortable, you're upset. We're not upset. We're having the conversations.
4: Yeah. Well, first of all, the things you say to Governor DeSantis are not necessarily the conversations you have around the dinner table. Um, <laughs> he and his friends might say, let's go DeSantis. I'm not sure. But um, when you're I think when you're talking to, you know, folks who are in your family, when you're talking to um, folks who are in your community, I think we just be honest with one another. Right. So that, that we be honest that no one's asking for you know, someone in 2022 to roll back the the time and and atone for what happened in you know 1812 but we are asking for us to acknowledge what happened and assess how we collectively as a society can address the things that still linger from that time so that everybody's got a chance to thrive in this country and that does require us to be a little bit uncomfortable and i think the other part of that is that when we open ourselves to vulnerability and discomfort with those conversations we also have to let people know that we trust them that we love them, that we care for them, um, so that they have a space to navigate that discomfort um, that feels safe for them. We can't throw people into discomfort and then you know, tell them to figure it out. So some of the things that you know we've been talking about here in the state of Florida are, if the history of this country being built on the backs of enslaved Africans and on top of the bodies of indigenous peoples mm. doesn't make you uncomfortable, then you should question your humanity. You should feel uncomfortable learning about that. But you should also know that you're not the only one who feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We all should feel uncomfortable. And it's incumbent upon all of us to then figure out how are we gonna move through that? How are we gonna acknowledge it? How are we going to acknowledge the ripple effects that it has today? And what are we going to do to make sure that we don't repeat those mistakes in the future? That's a collective community effort that all of us can be a part of. On the
0: backs of Africans and on top of the graves of indigenous people. Wow,
1: Brandon Wolf, you're incredible. Press Secretary for Equality Florida. We hope to talk to you very soon. Thank you for doing everything that you're doing. We know it's pretty tough right now and we appreciate you so much.
4: Thank you so much for having me
1: of course okay coming up an employer made a suggestion to his female employee that could now get him fired. Would you be offended? we'll be back in seven minutes talking about it B-
2: morning. channel Q.
0: oh the work environment so much fun um how about this one though a boss tells that one of his employees, uh, to dye her graying hair to, quote, maintain hygiene and to make an effort Boy. to look professional. Does that mean her boss needs to dye his hair as well? This is interesting to me. This yeah. double standard with women having to look a certain way at work while the men get to do whatever they want. So this post has gone viral on Reddit. This woman shared that her boss needed her to dye her graying hair for that exact reason. Um, I feel like this is wild. She's only in her 30s. But why, why on earth? Can we not let people have natural hair? When I let my silver hair come through, I never booked more work in my life. I've been on a roll the last few years because I stopped dyeing my hair. Now, women, on the other hand, are expected to look a certain way to stay young forever. Why?
1: I know. As much as I always want to say that I think that gay men and women relate so much in the same way, sometimes we just don't. And being a woman, growing your hair out gray is not acceptable. I was just watching a series that we've all been watching, uh, Inventing Anna. And it's if you haven't watched mm. it, it's about this 25-year-old young girl who literally took New York elite's money and lied her whole way through but was able to do it. However, in one of the scenes... They said, um... Why didn't you give her the loan initially? And one of the women, it actually came from a woman, said, well, she came in, she didn't dress the part. She asked for $40 million in a bubblegum dress with blonde hair. Mm. They, uh, Wall Street <laughs> wanted to have sex with her and not give her money. But the minute she put a suit on and glasses...
0: And dyed her hair darker. Dyed her
1: hair to red, they gave her the money. And that's just never been a situation that men have to deal with. I think the fact that this boss suggested, asked her her to dye her her hair any other color than the natural gray, uh, just speaks so much about how we still treat women and how much men can get away with. Because I met you when your hair was uh, dark, and then I met you when it was naturally gray, and I'm obsessed with your silver. Well, I started your going gray when
0: I was 17. So yeah. I've been di- I but you're like,
1: looked at as daddy.
0: Of course. Back then, it was highlights to hide it, so I'd do the, the, the cap with the blonde highlights. And then it transitioned into just brown dye. I'd get my hair colored at the hair salon or I'd do it on my own sometimes. You could always tell when I did it on my own, it looked terrible. Uh, but once I started letting it go natural, people love it. Why do women, yeah. why, are women held, why are women held to a different standard? It's, it's no different than I think natural hair with black men, black women. Did my audio just go out there for a moment? Okay, it's okay, we're back. There it is, there it is. Yeah, this is wild. I don't get it, I don't understand it. And I I love your hair every color.
1: And I love you, and you're so good to me. But she said that uh, she sent HR an email letting them know that she'd contacted lawyers because she was not happy. Um, She also said that two men in the office have gray hair and beards. I asked them if HR asked them to dye it. They laughed and said no, but as some of you suggested, I asked them again via email to have written proof of it to create a paper trail. Yep. And these were some of the suggestions that were being given then on TikTok. They were saying, email your HR guy, have him respond with exactly what they want you to do and why to get a paper trail. Always get an email. Yeah, let them fire you for discrimination because truly mm-hmm. that's what it was. And it just makes me feel bad. I think that women are so incredible. I love being a woman. But this is also why if we move to sexuality, I often tell people that I'm just a lesbian and don't even open the door to bisexuality yeah. because men really enjoy inserting themselves in conversations they don't belong in.
0: Absolutely. Not. I will say this. I will say this on air. I love your hair any color. I don't care at all. I would appreciate if you'd brush it from time to time. But that's, I can't. I'm tired. But that's just, that's a different story. Listen,
1: I'm doing wild girl. We're in <laughs> full moon in Leo, baby. <laughs> I'm letting the main just die.
2: <laughs> the Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q.
0: Speaking of love in a hopeless place, remember when Jake Gyllenhaal and Taylor Swift were a thing?
1: Oh my God, years ago.
0: Well, apparently they're sort of a thing now in a very different way. Jake Gyllenhaal speaking out. What do you have for us and what's popping?
1: All right, well, Taylor Swift has been in the news quite a bit, but now Jake Gyllenhaal is coming after her and encouraging artists to take responsibility for their fans' cyberbullying after he was the subject of online ridicule following the re-release of ex-Taylor Swift's uh, Love, Lauren Ballad all too well. He said, at some point, I think it's important when supporters get unruly that we feel a responsibility to have them be civil and not allow for cyberbullying in one's name. Hall did not mention Swift, directly stating his comments were not about any individual per se, but added that it's a conversation that allows us to examine how we can take responsibility. Now, I'll say the beehive is one not to mess with. If you talk about Beyonce, it's a wrap.
0: The Swifties are pretty wild. Too,
1: but the Swifties are wild. I will say that both things can live in the same place because, one, I do think it's the artist's responsibility to say to their fans, Hey, like, we don't do that, we're coming from a different place. But also, fans are crazy, they're like, insane. Fans can literally Insane. Taylor could be like, Hey, you guys, stop doing that, and a fan can literally say, Did you see how she said, stop doing that? She wants us. They read to into it. Doing yeah. it. Like, it's crazy. It's like, they're like
0: Trump supporters. Yeah. And it's the it's, same sort of fandom. Yeah. It's interesting because we, we covered this story when I filled in, uh, when I was hosting the Wendy Williams show a couple of months ago. And one of our, uh, one of my co-hosts was Elizabeth Wagmeister. We've had her on our show. She really broke like the, the Harvey Weinstein case like wide open. She's from Variety. She's an incredible journalist. And she talks about fandom. She also covered the Free Britney movement a lot. She said some of their fans came for her so hard. She's like, do you not know what I'm I'm doing i actually support britney she also helped me break down the story of taylor swift and this missing scarf right that she left at jake gyllenhaal's that apparently she said she never got back it's what that that 17-minute production she did on snl yeah was about the missing scarf yeah right all these years later and it's fascinating because we're seeing how that happened years ago and it's still coming up but we're seeing kim kardashian live through it in real time right now with kanye west yeah now his fans and his supporters are trying to drag her and, and her life could be at, at risk. It's
1: crazy. You know I mean, so I this mean
0: fandom they, is out of control.
1: I also think that Jake Gyllenhaal is a little bit older and not understanding how the internet works now because. And also
0: doesn't care as much until it affects him, probably. Of course. Yeah. But,
1: you know, fan bases are not what they were ni- in the 90s. Fan bases and cyberbullying is super intense. And, you know, these fans or these bullies have so much access. I mean, how many times has Kendall Jenner had to call the police because a stalker has actually made it? In her house. Yeah. So, you know, scary stuff. Also,
0: on a side note, Michaela still totally wants a full fandom and maybe a stalker.
1: God forbid. But like a nice one. A nice one. No, just like love me. Just buy my merch.
2: Buy my album. Give me money. Can you invest in me? The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel
0: Q. That's a new bop called Hallucination and Heavy Rotation here on Channel Q. Yes. Love it. Uh, we want to remind you, after our show goes off the air every day, you can listen to three hours of uninterrupted hits, uh, just like that one, before we uh, segue into Let's Go There, which is on every afternoon here on Channel Q. So a full day of programming for you. Uh, coming up this hour on the show, our um, you friends with people based on their zodiac signs and if not should you be
1: i'm not friends with gemini okay well
0: there you have it cardi b is saying she's only friends with people based on their zodiac signs so we've got our astrologist marcus barrington joining us this hour uh to tell us if that's a good idea or not yeah. Might be genius, might be crazy. Who knows? Join us for the conversation in 12 minutes. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. What do you have for us?
1: All right, people. the Iowa Senate Education Committee passed a bill Thursday which would restrict transgender women and girls from playing on school sports teams that match their gender identity. The Senate version is a companion <clears throat> which allows any student who alleges direct or indirect harm as a result of violation of the bill's requirement to sue a school district, private school, or high school athletic association if trans girls are not banned from girls' sports... <laughs> Both versions carry similar language. State Representative uh, Mary Masher of Iowa City forcefully told the subcommittee of the Iowa House Education Committee, which passed the House version last week. I am adamantly opposed to this bill because I think it is a state sanctioned bullying, she said. Democratic State Senator Zach Walls told the Washington Blade in an email after Thursday's passage of the Senate version through the committee Republican politicians are trying to score political points and pit lowens against each other. Not Lowens and Pit Iowans from Iowa.
0: Capital I
1: looks similar to an L. Lord, against each other rather than address the real economic issues affecting everyday Iowans. Now, this legislation is shameful and disrespectful. All right, another news: LGBTQ plus representation unscripted television shows has grown notably over the last year, according to a recent report by the media advocacy group GLAAD, as LGBTQ plus people on and off screen drive ratings higher. Of the 775 series regulars on scripted broadcast primetime programming, 92 or 11.9% identify as LGBTQ plus. In a first, lesbian characters represented the majority of LGBTQ plus characters on broadcast television at 40%. That's an increase of twenty-two characters and six percentage points from a year earlier. Now lesbian characters also led LGBTQ plus representation on cable for the first time in fifteen years, which GLAD president and CEO Sarah Kate Ellis said was likely tied to the return of Showtime's The L word generation Q. Overall, the number of LGBTQ+, regular characters on cable programming is increased slightly to 87 from 81 the prior year, while the number of LGBTQ+, reoccurring characters grew significantly from 37 to 51. Okay, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 34 in Chicago, a high of... 34? Gross, right?
0: It's so true because we. I, I I said this earlier. Maybe it was off the air. I said, I never know what month it is in L.A. I'm like, is it April right now? Is it well, November? What yeah, is it? Yeah, babe,
1: because it's 79 in Palm Springs today, <laughs> 70 in Vegas, 75 in L.A., gorgeous, and 80 in La Quinta, uh, now give us a vibe of the day
0: shoot for the stars and you might just nope. just kidding shoot <laughs> for the moon you might just catch a star
1: yes there it is I love that
0: shout out to our listeners though in Chicago on uh, 96.3 FM HD 2 we're sorry it's 34 degrees there but thanks for hanging and out and you
1: us. are welcome to come hang out with us anytime amen. in person
0: amen you can stay with Michaela. she has a guest room I She's do really have a nice. guest room
1: but I've made it a studio my TikTok room so it's not a really- good <laughs> uh, coming up would you end a friendship simply based off someone's astro? Logical sign. An astrologer joins us to talk about what your sign says about
2: you. Next, the morning beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, Channel Q.
0: All right. So the other day, uh, Cardi B tweeted, "I don't, I, I don't gotta know you to know you. I just go by your zodiac sign."
6: Yes.
0: It's gotten thousands and thousands and thousands of likes and retweets and sparked a conversation here in the studio. So we thought we'd bring back our in-house astrologer marcus barrington to have this discussion marcus how you doing
5: i'm doing great how are you guys we're good we're We're good you
0: know we usually are talking about like (laughs) mercury and retrograde and all that stuff yada 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 but i'm kind of curious to know is there something to this tweet is it is it possible that certain zodiac signs actually should be friends and should we avoid those who don't align with us
5: you know it it, yes is that fast answer. But it will also always depend on what a lot of people overlook is also what your rising sign is. So your sun sign controls the fabric of who you are, and you will inherently match up really well. For example, my roommate, um, who I think you guys know, he's an Aries, which is the child sign of the Zodiac, and it's the first sign of the Zodiac, and I'm a Taurus, and so I'm the Taurus is the mother sign of the Zodiac, so Taurus and Aries are always going to make like, great partners or great friends because the Taurus will naturally mother the Aries, and that relationship works really, really well. But then you'll also see combinations, for instance, like Taurus and Scorpio. They're on opposite sides of the Zodiac, and so they attract each other because opposites the trapped, but they're terrible Perry, especially in romantic relationships. But the other thing that people have to remember to keep in mind is your rising sign. So your sun sign is the fabric of who you are. Your moon sign is how you experience emotions. And your rising sign, which like I said, everyone overlooks, is how you present yourself to the world. So it's the mask you wear, right? So for example, I'm a Taurus, Scorpio moon, and I'm a Virgo rising. So the way I present myself to, like if you walked into my apartment, Like Virgos are like the OCD of the Zodiac, very organized, very put together, very logical. Like if you walk into my apartment, everything is perfectly as it should at any point in time of the day. So your rising sign is going to play a big part of that as well as to how you get along with people in very social situations, in very like maybe superficial interactions. That's going to play a really big role. But when you get to like the nitty gritty of people bonding as Friends or getting along in family structures or getting along as lovers. Yes, there's there's a lot of truth to that sun sign theory.
1: Well, I am a Scorpio rising, Scorpio moon with a sun in Capricorn. And I think I'm all iconic. But people would not agree with that. Some people are like, Scorpios are insane. Um, And I hear that also. Both
0: things are true. Both
1: things can live. (laughs) I would say that's how I feel. Yes, yes. <laughs> but that's how I feel about Geminis. And I have found that every specifically male, but also female Gemini I come into contact with, I try to like them and we'll get along okay at first. But then we do not get, like, I absolutely do not like Geminis. We do not mesh. So, should I be asking what their rising sign is? to at least see if our rising signs can coexist and for our listeners if you run into somebody whose sun sign you hate do we just move on to the rising (laughs) sign
5: (laughs) well I will say Gemini is the wild child of the zodiac and that's always the most difficult sign because it's the two phase it's the twins so you could really mm-hmm. like one side of a person who's a Gemini, and then all of a sudden, for no reason, they can do a hundred and eighty degree flip. I will say in particular, you said you're Capricorn.
1: Yes, with a double Scorpio moon yeah. rising.
5: I will say in in particular, you should just avoid Geminis. Capricorns naturally do not like Geminis. And Capricorn, for instance, on the on the Zodiac controls things such as government, right? So it's very logical authority. Gemini hates authority. (laughs) So you're always going to have an issue with Gemini. Also, you're a double Scorpio. So Scorpios are the most emotional sign of the Zodiac, but they're also the most secretive sign of the Zodiac. Gemini doesn't know what secrets are. They have no boundaries. My mom's a Gemini.
0: My mom's a Gemini. (laughs) It makes perfect sense. She can't keep anything in. Every single thing that's in her brain just comes out of her mouth immediately.
5: Yeah, I would never tell a Gemini something you want to keep (laughs) private. No offense to Gemini. If you want to keep something private but you've gotta share it with someone, tell a Scorpio.
0: (laughs) Okay, so okay, Marcus, I'm curious because I'm a cancer and and legitimately in my life, whenever I have an instant connection with somebody or I'm really close to somebody, they often tend to also be cancers. Now, if you're not a cancer, most people look at it, well together. We, we do Okay, so that's interesting because I think people who are not cancers tend to look at our our sign also as one of the more emotional ones. We wear our hearts in our sleeves. We're an emotional roller coaster. We're moody. We're all over the place. But when I meet other cancers, we immediately understand each other. Like, how real is that? I know this is like your thing and you do this, but is that actually real? Because I feel it on a soul level.
3: I will tell you, uh,
5: yes, absolutely. First of all, energy is energy. Right? So Capricorns are naturally going to be drawn to each other because they're so unique. Really, the only other sign that can truly understand a cap or a cancer in that deep way is another cancer. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because cancers house both strong emotions and strong logic. And that's really difficult for a lot of other signs to sort of fluctuate and gravitate in between cancers can do it on the fly. So they're able to have a feeling, but also see the logical aspects of it. And only another cancer can truly get that. So cancers actually have always been known to really speak their own language. So it really makes sense that you would gravitate towards other cancers. Huh. Well, I but think that's I'm- not going to be true of all signs, right? Like, some signs should not pair up with the same sign.
1: Okay. Yeah, like two Gemini's, because okay. then you got four personalities you're working <laughs> with. It's too that's, much. A,
3: that's a <laughs> quadruple. <laughs>
1: <laughs> listen, we're into foursomes. Uh Marcus Barrington, thank you so much for joining us to talk about this. We love having we have to have you on more. I literally am obsessed with this conversation. He's also
0: busy selling houses. He's a very successful no, I realtor. No,
1: I need him. And a podcaster.
0: You can listen to his podcast uh anytime. Wait, your pod a uh, uh, Daily Astrology with Marcus Barrington. So sorry. Uh yes. yeah, so much fun.
1: He's selling houses, but I need him to tell me where my house is. Is Where oh, is my ow. Venus living? I see Where does my Mercury live in fame and fortune? That's what I want to know, mox Good
2: morning, B. Channel Q.
0: Something really interesting has happened during this Olympics, and I think it's worth talking about. You know, during the Tokyo Olympics last summer, Simone Biles really was at the center of a lot of conversations because of her willingness to sort of step aside and say, listen, the twisties are real. I I don't feel right. I can't compete. And she went into that Olympics expected to take home multiple golds, the greatest of all time in her sport. Right? Well, we're seeing something similar but very different play out uh, in the Winter Olympics right now over in Beijing. Because Michaela Schifrin went into this Olympics, having won a couple of medals back in uh, Pyeongchang. And she's been dominating the world. She's the most successful female skier of any nationality ever. Yes. Like, Lindsey Vonn was great. Peekaboo Street was great if you follow female skiing, but Michaela Schifrin is even better.
1: What's because her name's Michaela?
0: Of course, right? Well, she goes into this Olympics, expected to win multiple gold. She's entered in like four or five different downhill events, and she has skied out time and time again, meaning she didn't even complete the course. So not, she didn't get a time because she basically was like a disqualification, okay? So she's decided to try to push through whereas Simone Biles did not. And now she's sharing on her social media some of the messages she's gotten. And I want to get your reaction to these, Michaela, because I know you haven't really been watching the Olympics, but you can relate to pressure. Pressure is a female uh, to perform, right? One person wrote, can't handle the pressure. Another person <laughs> wrote, got what you deserve, dumb blonde. Wow. Somebody else said, should have left the slope immediately after crashing to get out of the way and get out of the spotlight. Somebody else said... Um, Didn't get all the medals, and now she's going insane. And lastly, somebody wrote, and these are just a few of them. Somebody wrote, dumb bitch can't even do the one thing she is supposed to do right. It's an interesting conversation because she is, and I don't know if this plays into it at all, but she's pushed forward and tried to do something that she wasn't necessarily comfortable with, and maybe she should have stepped aside. But that's her choice. Whereas Simone Biles stepped aside and was praised for it, by some and dragged by others. Yeah. Now, Simone Biles, obviously a strong black woman, Michaela Schifrin, very white and very blonde. What do you think is actually happening here? Is it the same conversation? Is it different? Or is it just all about misogyny and people just not respecting women the way they should?
1: Look, I'm just going to be very vulnerable and personal right now. As everybody knows, you, as my best friend, I'm finishing this album that is very important to me. And I thought all the songs were done. And in doing therapy and in doing all these things, I wrote a song last night that I felt was really important to share in the story. And in recounting the lyrics, it really reminisces on a time when I was 16, 15 years ago, next to what was America's sweetheart. I mean, Carrie Underwood, you couldn't get any better, blonder, bluer-eyed white girl. And it was very interesting to see how on the message boards, women who are my age now at 34 tore me apart as a 16 year old I mean literally felt very comfortable dragging me for filth and in the song I'm sort of saying like are you good with that because like as a 34 year old woman now I would never look at a 16 year old well there are also probably
0: 34 year old women dragging you then too grown women who are probably also that's dragging what, you no
1: that's what I'm saying Thirty-four. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm saying, I, as a 34 year old now got it I'm in protecting my 16 year old self fellow 16 year old
0: no got
1: it and at 34 I couldn't imagine I also couldn't imagine watching anybody wanting to just do a dream just have the courage to like do their best. It's super hard. And to say these ugly things. But people are so afraid of themselves and their potential that they sabotage everything that maybe they ever wanted to do and are so jealous of people for even trying. And in Michaela's case, she said, I might not kill it, but I'm going to try. I've made mm-hmm. it this whole way. I'm not going to sit it out. I've prepared and got my body ready for this. If I mess up, I mess up.
0: Because well, also keep in mind... I, I I think it's fascinating the way that – I still think it's weird the way that some people dragged Simone Biles and didn't support her decision to step aside but for But why while. are
1: we dragging, period? But why,
0: and, 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 and in her situation, she could have seriously injured herself. She could have broken her neck or done worse been paralyzed, right? Michaela Schifrin could die. Do you know how intense it is to ski at that level? They're how many going,
1: deaths? Celebrity th- deaths have we talked about?
0: Bono, Sonny Bono. How did he die? Yep. Natasha Richardson. How did she die? Skiing. right? And this woman is going like 60, 70 miles an hour down a hill on little teeny tiny skis wearing nothing on her body other than a helmet and like a little latex or whatever outfit. It, 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 it's, and she owes nobody anything at all. She happened to have a bad Olympics. That's okay. She's been but dominating her the worst world. worst day. Uh-huh. People
1: could never do what she could do. I
0: went skiing one time. One time in my life. I was 18 years old, and it was in Ohio. And if you know about Ohio, there's not a lot of mountains there. It was basically a hill, right? Mad River Mountain, Bill. Fountain, Ohio. I'll never forget it. I went skiing with my friend Heidi. She loves to ski. She's great at it. I was horrendous. And I tried to go down the hill a few times, and I'm, too, I'm pretty athletic, but I'm long and lanky. And I remember last time going down the hill, like running into like a six or seven or eight-year-old kid. And being so afraid I was going to hurt them that I, like, crashed into them, grabbed a hold of the kid, and wrapped my arms around them. so that we slid down the hill, I would protect them. Because I knew I couldn't stop myself. I couldn't turn. Right? So I kind of slid down the hill on my back holding this child. The mom was screaming, freaked out, thanked me for, like, protecting the kid, but also kind of was upset with me for not knowing how to ski. Yeah. I was learning that day. Yeah. I've never gone back.
1: I'm yeah, 41. You're I was 18
0: years old that day. It's really, really, really a precise, technical sport, and very difficult, very dangerous. Michaela Schifferin, you don't owe anybody anything.
1: No, none of these Olympians do. Uh-uh. Also, like, where is everybody when they are saying we're staying in huts miles away? We're not getting properly fed, except yeah. for like styrofoam. Like, get out of here. Honestly, the only culture that I would ever cancel is this cyberbullying, big talking. None of these people could do half. Even a quarter of what these Olympians are yeah, They're at home do. on their
0: phones. Yeah. Also, I don't think they're feeding them styrofoam.
1: I was saying basically. I, hear you. <laughs> I mean, the, the food that they gave Terrible, them. Terrible. There trash. was more styrofoam than there was chicken pieces uh-huh. or even uh, vegetables. Not like,
0: chicken pieces now.
1: There was. Did you see, not see? I'm not kidding. No, I'm I, not even trying to be I funny. I know exactly
0: what you're saying. I it's do, yeah. awful. Uh-huh. Well,
1: it just makes me mad. It makes yeah. me mad for her. Of course. Because it just, without hurt my feelings. Sorry, Michaela.
2: Michaela. From Michaela. <laughs> The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
0: I've never watched an episode of Celebrity Big Brother in my life, but my partner is watching it right now. It came back after a couple-year hiatus because of COVID-19. They didn't do a celebrity version. So this is just the third version right now. And... Uh, There are some really really interesting interesting characters on there right now. Todrick Hall's getting dragged. Carson Kressley's hanging in there. Cynthia Bailey's doing her thing. But it's somebody else who's getting uh, the spotlight right now. What's popping?
1: Well, I am going to touch on Todrick very quickly because we talk about him a lot. And I never want anyone to think I'm biased because we've been friends since we were 16. But he's playing naughty in this show. And more than just naughty he's being really like kind of mean and rude well it's
0: fascinating because I think that he thinks that the public reaction is going to be something different because he's cut off from the world right now but the way he's getting dragged and doesn't realize it, it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts. I'm so sorry, I need some water. That's
1: okay, babe, I'll take over. However, <laughs> here's what's big, big news. Shanna Mokler, who was uh, married to Travis Barker, they had a reality show years ago. They shared two children together. Meet the Barkers? Meet the That's Barkers. That's what it was called, yeah. She's been in the headlines a lot because Travis, Parker, Travis Barker uh, proposed to Kourtney Kardashian. They're now together, and they've had and shown quite a lot of PDA, so they've been really in the news news. Uh, there was even a video of what looked like Shannon Mochler getting the news that Travis had just proposed to Courtney, as she was crying. It was—I I kind of felt bad for her actually. However, she's been kicked out of Celebrity Big Brother, but not without a love interest of her own. Apparently, she's trying to get it on with Lamar Odom. Now, if you remember, Lamar and Khloe Kardashian were together for a couple of years. It did not work out between them. However, Shannon wants Lamar. Lamar wants Khloe. Khloe's sisters with Courtney, and Courtney's with Travis, and Travis married to shanna i mean it's a whole thing honey could you imagine
0: it's interesting because the whole season lamar's sort of been talking about chloe a lot like he misses her and he wants another chance when he went into the house he said his hope was that chloe was going to be on the show he thought that was going to be an interesting twist like chloe would ever do celebrity big brother um yeah, but this is, she, she unfollowed her boyfriend. So. Yeah,
1: but they, act, I, I will say this, that's not new. I feel like Shannon, her boyfriend, Matthew, have uh, been very on and off. Yeah. It's very interesting. I also notice, and this is no tea, I will say, first person, I love Photoshop, I love Photoshopping, I understand it as women, we get older. Uh, growing up and coming up, when she did as Miss USA and being mm. a part of that whole culture, uh, it feels like she's feeling very insecure. She's doing a lot of photo shop where you can absolutely well, say this. tell now she
0: got voted out this last week because of todrick and because of a, an, an entire lie that he made up about her and just dragged her and made her look terrible and it was all Wait, a lie what? and now she's going to realize it now that she's out of the house
1: what was the lie he
0: just he, he told people that she was lying and playing both sides and, and, and making up all these stories about her that were not true and she was really really frustrated to the point of tears because he was lying about her and then he was like bragging about it privately it's, not it's really good. interesting. It's not good.
1: Um, I don't like that at all. Friend or not, that's so ignorant. And yeah. It's really hurtful. Considering also where Shanna's at right now, yeah. I, I think you got to take he that into consideration. A, called her a
0: terrible mother and said that her kids should be ashamed of her and the way she portrays herself in her scantily clad outfits on social media dragged her
1: he's naked in his last video so i just want to put that out there he has zero (laughs) clothes on right coming up as we honor black history month we are joined by an american ninja warrior contestant who's bringing much needed representation and she's talking about how she trained for the big day coming up in the next hour
2: good morning b channel q
0: Coming up this hour on the show, we have a pretty, pretty incredible woman joining us. Uh, she's an American ninja warrior. Stevie Shari uh, is going to be here on The Morning Beat. I know you're super excited to talk to her, Michaela. I adore her. She's tough.
1: She's so tough. I mean, she's, listen, she's a black woman, lesbian, athlete she was in the navy she's like unbreakable and she's super super goals in so many ways this is her second time Mm. and it's interesting because i know that she competed during covid yeah So, there was no live audience. Got it. But I don't know how it's going to be different this time around. Well, we'll ask her. And I'm excited to talk to her about it. She's
0: joining us here on the Morning Beat in 13 minutes, so stick around for that. Right now, it's time for news on the beat.
1: All right, babe. Well, the Virginia House of Delegates passed a religious exemptions bill in a 54 45 vote. While religious businesses and nonprofits have to follow numerous laws and regulations, the bill only allows them to claim a religious exemption to the state's anti discrimination law and says any religious corporation, association, or society in the state can refuse to provide housing to people if they say that doing so would violate their religious principles. Under current Virginia law, even religious nonprofits and businesses have to follow the state's anti-discrimination law, which bans discrimination on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, elderliness, familial status, sexual orientation, gender identity, military status, and disability. The bill is not expected to pass the state Senate because it's still narrowly controlled by Democrats, who have promised to reject all anti-LGBTQ legislation, their right to refuse to sell houses or rent apartments to LGBTQ people, or to refuse LGBTQ people from homeless shelters, has been one of the major focuses of the movement for religious exemptions. All right, another news: companies such as Comcast, NBC Universal, Universal, AT and T, and Walgreens all purport to be supportive of LGBTQ plus people, but they and other pro-LGBTQ plus businesses have donated to Florida politicians. We're backing the state's notorious don't-say-gay bill. Now, the news website uh, Popular Information reviewed campaign contributions from 2020 onward to the bill's sponsors in the Florida House and Senate, the senators who voted for the bill in committee, and Governor Ron DeSantis, who has not officially committed to signing it into law, but has indicated support for it. House and Senate committees committees, have both approved their versions of the bill, and each version awaits action by the full House and Senate. The chief Senate sponsor, Republican Dennis Baxley, has a history of anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric and actions. Baxley has received a campaign donation from companies that claim to be pro-LGBTQ plus and have high or even perfect scores on the human rights campaigns, Corporate Equality Index. The point of this story is, honey, they will take that money. They will donate that money. It doesn't matter.
0: Doesn't matter.
1: And that's what we're fighting against They're, when we talk about pride. They like to have
0: their cake and eat it too.
1: Absolutely. It's
0: called playing both sides. It's awful. Not cool. All
1: right, let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of 75 in LA, 70 in Vegas, a high of 79 in Palm Springs, 59 in Houston, and 80 in La Quinta. And give us a vibe of the day.
0: Shoot for the moon and you might just catch a star.
1: I know, that's right. Set,
0: listen, set your goals higher than you could even imagine. Because even if you fail, if you get halfway there, you're still twice as far as you would have been previously. But
1: also, you can't fail. No. Like, that's the best thing. If we mm-hmm. get just really normalized, you can't fail. Mm-hmm. It may not be different, but you're not going to fail.
0: If you're breathing, there's an opportunity to smile and do something new and to pivot. Flip that
1: script. Hey, man. Flip that script on Amazon. All right, coming up, as we honor Black History Month, we are joined by an American Ninja Warrior contestant bringing much-needed representation. She talks about how she trains for the big day and why quitting wasn't an option. Coming up in seven minutes.
2: The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
0: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're super excited about our next guest. Uh, she is uh, an American Ninja Warrior like none other. Please welcome to the program Stevie Cherie. Stevie, how are you?
1: Hi, Stevie.
6: Hey, doing
1: good. How are you? We're good. I'm so excited that you're joining us because we've met in person. We know so many of the same people. But one thing that I love about this show is really being able to not only empower women, but black women. And you're so strong. You're a Navy vet that went on to do American Ninja Warrior. Uh, Your episode... Uh, came out last year and you were such a bad bitch. They had to come (laughs) on back. So tell us how it was filming American Ninja Warrior last year and what you learned from that experience to prepare for this year.
6: Um, Wow. I mean, it was, it was incredible. It was definitely um, something, you know, that I love doing, Um, being able to go out there and not necessarily be with a team because I've always played team sports, but you're you're a one-man band show out there, and so I had fun. It was it was crazy. It was intense, and um, I loved it. I uh, I did my my run last year, and they loved me. And you know they asked me back this year. So this year, um, you know I plan on going further than I did uh, before.
0: Listen, I I love the show. I think it's so fun to watch. Uh, I'm good friends with Akbar and also with Zuri Hall, who were two of the two of the hosts oh, of the show. Nice.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Akbar wow. and I did a
0: show together years ago called Expedition Impossible, a competition, an expedition in Morocco. And, uh, my, yeah, we whooped him. We, we, we whooped, we whooped him. <laughs> Our team beat him really badly. Um, do you ever, do you get to interact with the judges at all? Do you get to, like, do you get to play around on, on, on set on the course? Or the first time you actually do it is what we see on TV?
6: Yeah, actually, they do not let you touch the course. You, you get a walkthrough. And so you get to see other people uh, demonstrating how to use it. And then that's it. So you won't touch it. Um, And, you know, since COVID, everything's been pretty crazy. So we're not, it's not the full on experience that you would have um, any other time. Like last year we did it, there was no audience. So you had to have your adrenaline going. (laughs) You had to have your three people on the sideline and whoever you had on the TV screen. So it is different with COVID. But um, this year we have a live audience so family and friends can come. And yeah, that should get you more pumped up. So um, I'm excited for this year.
1: You know, it's really important because uh, you're representing so much. Uh, You're representing the LGBTQ plus community and women of color. Also, uh, next month is uh, Women Empowerment Month. And I think that although we've uh, come a long way, we still have so much more to go. So it's really important to have you making such a great representation uh have you received any messages uh one in particular that really inspired you to want to go back in and go even harder this year
6: um yeah you know what um my training last year was really short because i was supposed to go on the year before and covid shut all of that down when it when it first happened so i was a little bummed out and i wasn't really training there wasn't really facilities to train like i travel far to train and so Last year, I just was like, eh, whatever. And then once I let people know I was on a show, I, you know, it, I almost forget and don't realize, like, how much, uh, you know, women, black women, you know, LGBTQ+, you know, I- IA+, we're not represented like that. And once I told people, they were just like, oh, my God, like, I, you know, I can do it. Like, and I was just like, wow, you know, I don't realize how many people look in and then you just, you know, you're like a hero to them. So I was like, you know what, I want to I buckle down this year. And make sure you know I take one for the team um, because I definitely want people to see that you know we can do anything we want. It doesn't matter what your background is, who you are, you know your orientation, and um, yeah, just just represent for everybody.
0: I'm on your Instagram right now, and I'm already obsessed with you. I had no idea how much I loved you. Uh, I'm seeing you posting some videos with Amber's Closet, who we've had on our show. Yeah, and- another another strong yes. another strong queen like how oh, yeah. like what does it mean to you to be able to work with these other queens and, and to showcase you know y- your your truth to the world in this way at this time
6: um it's honestly it's incredible um you know somebody like Amber' closet uh, is definitely a leader you know um an advocate for for women for the LGBTQ community um it's powerful I work my group case we we really have an, a unique uh group of girls that definitely just teach from different aspects in life and i can't even i don't even know it's it's overwhelming sometimes but we definitely um learn from each other and it's just making me become a better woman and um I probably couldn't even ask for a better group of friends and so yeah uh shout out to them
1: <laughs> well, Love i feel it. like I feel like you said cake, but I feel like cake sounds cool if you like throw McHula in there and then I Oh also in no there. it's
6: okay. case. Okay. So case is
1: all of our initiative. Oh, so case. it's C A S C. Yeah, <laughs> cake. Well what about what about case And then you just throw me at this is not about you. It's not about you. Stevie, (laughs) we are so grateful for the representation that you are bringing uh, for so many young women, women of color in the LGBTQ community. Uh, And thank you so much for working so hard. It's been tough during COVID, as we know, even just watching the Olympics. But you showing how strong you are mentally and physically could help so many. I know it is. And we can't wait to see you shine on American Ninja Warrior.
3: Thank
6: you. Thank
1: you. All right. Coming up this hour, two dads have taken in an entire family. Why it's important that you allow our community to adopt. Coming up and Tell Me Something Good. Tell me something good.
0: So as we continue honoring Black History Month, I think it's important to also think about the next generation. So Black History Month is a chance to celebrate black history and have conversations that help everyone grow. For children, it's also an important time to see themselves and others like them represented in books. We know the importance of representation. Uh, We talked about it in News on the Beat today. Glad's new uh, report coming out saying that there are more queer people represented on TV this last year than ever before. And that's a really, really great thing books also really matter to be able to be a child and read a book to a child oftentimes it's the first thing they're really introduced to Mm -hmm. that sort of paper book right so here are a few authors of children's books that we want you to know about because they're doing really great things and and some of these names you probably already know stacy abrams from georgia she wrote a book called stacy's extraordinary words uh it's a picture book from uh, the the voting rights advocate And it's also a number one New York Times bestseller. Uh, It's an inspiring tale of determination based on her own childhood. I think you should check it out. Also, uh, another name that you do know, Amanda Gorman. Remember, she was the poet laureate from the inauguration, right? She gave that beautiful, beautiful uh, speech. It's a lyrical picture book uh, and a presidential by Amanda Gorman. It's also a number one New York Times bestseller. Uh, And then the last one I want to point out, Bakari Sellers. Now, this guy is incredible. He used to be a congressman from South Carolina. He's a a correspondent now for CNN. He wrote a book called Who Are Your People? Uh, And it's a tribute to family, community that helped make us who we are. Uh, It's a perfect book for gifting and sharing and just just sort of building that sense of community. Because that's one thing as queer people that I love so much about our community. Uh, So for our black brothers and sisters and for those children, it's super, super important. And also, let me just point out. I'm not saying just get these books if you are black parents with black children. More importantly, if you do not have black children and you are not a black parent get these books.
1: I know. Yes, yes, yes. Because
0: children really are, like, they're our future, literally. I know Michael Jackson said it, but they are our future. It's true. It's important that we encourage them and and, and mold them and and to be good human beings.
1: You know, one example, this is not, like, a a humongous story, but I remember when my niece started getting baby dolls and my uh, sister-in-law got her this beautiful little black baby and that's the only baby that she got her. And I was like, is that for what? And she was like, I want mm-hmm. my child to just see the baby. Like, I don't oftentimes we see babies with babies that like look like them, but I just want Natalia to understand that like there's many different babies. Yep. And it, what happened was, my niece is Italian-Mexican. She's a nightmare. And <laughs> she came home one day, a couple weeks ago, and she said, Mom, me and my sister need a popsicle. And my sister-in-law was like, you don't have a sister, Natalia. And she was like, yeah, me and my sister need a Popsicle. And and my sister-in-law goes, okay, Natalia. She gives her two Popsicles. She goes outside. And currently, there's a little girl, and she's a black little girl, her neighbor... And they think they're sisters. And they Mm. genuinely think they're sisters. And so it's become a thing. Like, the parents have met. They have sleepovers. They'll have breakfast together before school. It's this whole thing. And if you tell her that's not your sister, that does not compute with her. She's like, this is my sister. And same with the little girl. It's the sweetest thing I've ever seen. And I really do applaud my sister-in-law for... um, for just being so diverse with the Well done, Sharia. Like, yeah, well good done. Good job, Shreya. Okay, speaking of babies, uh, this story is amazing. A gay couple who's been together for 20 years, Steve and Rob, uh, took in five siblings. I'm sorry, six siblings, after spending five years in foster care um, they had been removed from their biological parents' care due to abuse and neglect, and uh, they were s- just stuck in foster care. These two men heard out their story, and went and adopted them, and Mm. they have this beautiful life together. This is a very important point. When you say that gay people should not be allowed to adopt, let me remind you, it is the heterosexual people that often give their kids up for adoption or have their kids taken away. Not
0: often. They're the ones making the babies. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, right, right. They make them and then leave them in foster care.
1: Totally. And then gay couples like this couple, Steve and Robb, Go and create a beautiful life for those children. At the end of the day, it's about the kids. Don't take away a good life because you don't agree or don't understand.
0: What a a selfless act. Yes. Six kids.
1: Yes. Six. But they're beautiful. They're so They are. They are a beautiful
0: family living in Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, I love that. Well, this is a great way to end this show. We hope that you've loved this week. Thank you to our guests, of course, our astrologer, Marcus Barrington. We hope you have a great weekend. Now enjoy three hours of music coming up next.